I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, regular listeners. You may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well, that and the fact that we're not allowed to use our old title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Just don't touch my face. Who run this mother? Who run this mother? Who run this mother? Who run this mother? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Honey and Coat. I'm Sarit Packer. This series is called Who Run the World? And we're celebrating women in food. Tonight we're talking to the most lovely Romy Gill. Guys, you're in for a treat because she's a pleasure. She's a British Indian chef and a cookery teacher. She was the owner and head chef at Romy's Kitchen in Gloucestershire. She was appointed an MBE by the Queen and her 90th birthday honours list in 2016 for services in the food industry. Her first book, Zyka, this book here, has just come out and we're going to hear everything about her. Help me in welcoming her. Thank you for having me. So we're going to start with this book, which is amazing because we do a lot of these things and sometimes we go through the books and we're like, oh, we can't cook that. Oh, that's going to take us too long. Oh, this is too complicated. This is a pleasure. It's all like it's so much to choose from and so easy, approachable ingredients from here. How did you go about writing this? Zyka means flavor. The reason I wanted as vegan as my plant-based as my first book was in India, without any kind, we eat a lot of plant-based, we eat a lot of vegetables, we eat pulses, lentils. Even if there is a tali, uh, meat is something that'll come with it. It's not a necessity. People go out and eat meat. They won't necessarily cook at home. So when I was growing up, I only wanted to play cricket. That's all I did <laughs> and eat food that mom would cook you know I wouldn't necessarily go and cook uh, with her but sadly she my mom passed away about 11 months ago and I wanted to write a book that was her food that gave me so much comfort and brought joy and and brought people together on the table so I think that is if you've got this book if you haven't it's it's a homage to my mom really nice so if we backtrack how did you end up in the UK I wanted to come and study here 
So I, I don't really speak about my private life much, you know, some, but it's only very recently I've started to speak about it. Um, so when I got married, you know, and came to this country and it was a very abusive marriage, I had to run away from the family, which wasn't great people. And I was 22. You leave your parents, you come to a country which you don't know the friends. You have to make everything from scratch. So I met my second husband in the university. I went back to study. I met him and he's the most amazing guy and I have two wonderful daughters. I think food was something I always wanted to be a chef. And also my mom had cancer and the doctor said she's only got two months to live or maybe two years to live. My mom lived for 40 odd years. She was a very <laughs> stubborn lady. <laughs> um, so I think the lady whose life was all around uh, cooking for her children and then suddenly she couldn't taste food because she was putting so much salt. And I was like, Dad, I want to be a chef. He said, no bloody way you're going to be a chef. Um, but I did. When I came back, I think the food, something really helped me. Um, I found comfort in, in it and I became a chef and I, I, you know, I opened my restaurant. It's amazing. But when, when you moved here... I mean, it was. It must not have been that easy to find the ingredients in the first place to just approach this food, like the spices. And did you have to like bring stuff with you in suitcases? What were you doing? To- you know, in supermarkets were very limited amount of spices you could get. Maybe cumin and garam masala, maybe some similar turmeric. But the things that you grew up eating, you wanted to crave the food that you grew up eating. And I, I couldn't drive then. I could. I was. In India, people used to drive for me and I couldn't drive. And that was something I didn't want to go on a bus to go to a speciality shop. I was always scared of getting lost. So eventually I did kind of learn how to how to drive. But at the same time, I just went to the local shops and find the ingredients that I would cook with it. So avocado for some people might be like, oh, what it is. You know, for me, that was like wow, what is this? And I hate this, but I still want to cook with it. So I'm, I rang my mom and said, mom, this is a fruit which I've never seen in India, but how do I, I quite like it, but I also dislike it. But she said, why don't you make a chutney? It's a, there's a recipe in yeah. there. It's so delicious. It just works with it. I think you have to adapt. So Indian food is very versatile. It adapts to the you know, spices. It becomes you, it, you know, it's I, about I think you. It's, it's very clear in this book because you're using ingredients that anyone can go out into a shop yeah. here and get and use and not, it's not one of these where you have to like run around 10 specialist shops to find yeah. kind of the ingredients. But I think also we are very lucky now that um, supermarkets have everything. We are very, very lucky to have that now. 27 years ago, it was really hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's changed a lot in kind of, yes. the, even since I've lived here in 15 years. So, when you started cooking, you started with a supper club at home or how did you like start doing this more? I mean, you can't just go from like, oh, I like cooking to opening a restaurant. There must be a few stages in the way. I think when I met Gundeep, our first date was he took me to a movie and which I really disliked it. And then he said, what do you want? I said, let's go to Indian restaurants. So he took me to Indian restaurant, so-called Indian restaurants, you know, which is like five pints of lager and a curry that's got a place to it. You know, it's amazing because because of those restaurants, I think chefs like us got the place because I have nothing against them. But I wouldn't eat that food. So I went that not knowing that, the, you know, that food was different from the food you eat at home. And every curry tasted the same, very sweet. So I said to my husband, I'm going to open a restaurant. And I did years later. But then I started dinner parties from home, started my own 
uh, making paste, making spice blends, started teaching people, wrote to cookery schools, can I come and learn or can I come and teach? Or even restaurants, you know, I don't pay me, just I want to learn the yeah. trick of it. Some did and most of them didn't come back, which they now want me. Yeah. <laughs> the tables do turn. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a point I wasn't afraid to ask. I think it's very important to ask. There's two things you'll get, yes or no. Yeah. And there were a lot of amazing chefs who did help me. You think, because this is our season about women and women in food, you think being a woman was a hindrance or a help in kind of trying to get into the restaurant business? I think when I wrote to a lot of cookery schools, as a woman, I think a lot of people find us cookery teachers as women. So that was okay. But when I was writing to the restaurant industry, I think most of them uh, kind of said no, especially being a woman, Indian woman. And they wanted to know why is this woman writing? Why she wants to you know, be a chef and why she wants to open a restaurant? I think that was quite tricky. But when I went to the 20 chefs were all male and then a woman going in there, the difference was so much. They were more calmer. Yeah. Also, the way they would speak changed, the language changed. So I think they, we still keep in touch. I go and help uh, the chefs that used to help me. But it's the, the balance wing having a woman in the kitchen is just completely different. Do you yes. find it, that? I think it calms things down for yes. sure. And... It's a lot more organized. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that, actually. Um. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I think there's something about multitasking that that does kind of come across. But I, I do think that maybe this process of you actually, because you took a location when you opened Romy's Kitchen, like you have to deal with builders, you have to get people behind you. And sometimes I find that you don't get as much kind of, you know, listen to as much when you're asking for those things. But maybe, you know. It, it was a huge struggle. I mean, I wanted, I have very little girls at that point, And I wanted to be around in Thornbury where I live in Bristol, outside Bristol. 
I didn't want to go far away to open a restaurant. So if anything happened to my daughters, I would be there for them. I found the building. Then it took three and a half years of planning. A, no matter how much we say I was a woman opening for first time. And thirdly, I was a I was a brown person. So it all kind of um, it became one thing. So three and a half years, anybody in the right mind would have given up. <laughs> so I was kind of, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to open this and I'm going to open here. And then I got the planning and then the bank's kind of came and said, no, we can't because it's a business restaurant industry, as you know, is a very risky industry. You've not opened a restaurant before. We can't give you a look. Each and every bank, high street bank refused. So I said to my husband, I cannot let this happen. So I had a lot of gold jewelry given like Indian people have a lot of gold jewelry, yellow gold, which I don't really wear. My parents gave me. So I sold a lot, a lot of our personal things we kind of put in. And then BBC somehow came to know the banks are refusing a loan. And then they did a feature on me. And next day, NatWest gave me a loan. So it does work. Social media does work in many ways. So, um, and then the builders, fighting with the builders for nine months. And then eventually I did open. So it was such a hassle just to open and feed people. Yeah. But, but it was great. It was, and it was hugely successful. It was so and you, you know, loved and but, but you did decide after six years... You've just closed last year. This is quite a big decision as well. Because I was still paying the rent when I had opened, uh, had the lease. You have to still pay the rent because even if you haven't got the planning. So it was 10 years. It was time to kind of close. I didn't want to lease for 10 more years yeah. because the builder, the guy who owned the building knew she's successful. I want to give you another lease for 10 years. I said, no, I'm not going to either give me three or I don't want it. And I, I had to because it was really heartbreaking, but I had to um, move on. But it's not the end of it. I'm opening another one next year. Yeah, so you, you whispered that to me before. I'm very yeah. excited. I'm hoping it's a London one, <laughs> South London. I, you know, I want one close to home. <laughs> um, there's other things you're doing as well. You're going to be doing a bit of TV. Yes. Yeah. Ready Steady Cook is back. If you guys know, it's back. So I'm one of the chefs. So it's so exciting. Yeah. So um, after 10 years or something, I think they're coming back. So I'm really excited. About and this it. is going to start in the new year. It is starting in the new year. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. In your professional life, are there people that you kind of have inspired you or women that have inspired you along your, your career? Anything that kind of has pushed you further to do this because this is you've taken on a lot I mean now you're running around with a lot of publicity with this you've got your girls at home it's all started with my mom you know it's to start something which I think she you you learn something basics from your parents you know yeah. basics from your grandparents but then when I moved to this country I think there were women like Sheila Dillon who's I think kind of my mom to me really comforting all the time if I need some advice I will call her Claudia Roden I mean she yeah. is something I recently I met her and I said, I'm Romy. She said, I know who you are. I'm like, <laughs> I was so overwhelmed. I said, for me, these are the women like Delia Smith when I came, yeah. Nigella Lawson. And then I think we as a women, I'm so proud of what I do. And you guys, what do you do? And then there are youngsters like Sabrina Gidda, Ravinda Bogle. I think these women are all coming together mm -hmm. and they're also kind of helping each other. And there's a nice camaraderie in it yes. I, I agree it's very nice it's and it's always nice to have people like you on and to cook your food and to cook other people's food and a lot of the names you've mentioned have been part of this series which is also yeah. lovely but it's it's nice to hear all these kind of things with your daughters are they interested in cooking at all 
They did. They, every 10 minutes, they change what they want to do. Um, so yeah, so if they it. do want to, of course, why not? I think food is something we all care and share. Do you think there is a way that you treat your daughters now that you... What I'm trying to get at is this kind of world, how the world is changing. Because if you grew up in India, were you expected to be in a kitchen? Were you allowed, like you say, you, you love to play <laughs> with okay. your brothers and play cricket? Was it okay or was it a bit frowned upon? See, I was very lucky. My parents are from North India. They're Punjab. If you know, the India is a big country. Um, but my dad worked in a steel plant in West Bengal, which is the East India, to confuse you more guys. So East India was the capital of at the British time. So my dad worked in a steel plant. People came from all over India to work there. I think that... If I lived in Punjab, I would not be what I am today because they have a very different kind of regions yeah, really. and cultures and states. So Indian food is not just Indian. Indian food is so regional, so diverse, and, and everybody cooks really differently. And when we say authentic, it's never authentic. It's, it's how you cook in your house. You know, every mom, grandma, we all cook so differently. So I think I owe so much to my parents that where they worked, I got to not only taste the food of different states of India, I think that kind of also they were very open minded and they kind of let let us be what we are today, you know. So I think it depends on the parents as well. I think my daughters have much easier kind of way than I was brought up, you know. Dad was straight. Dad was in a way, if you want to drink, you have to drink in the house. Uh, You cannot go out and drink and get drunk. So I kind of now... Uh, even if I don't want my daughters to do that, you know, you kind of think why your parents did that. But um, I think their generation is different. They're more, they're privileged, more privileged than yeah. when we were in, you know, in India. And do they enjoy your food or would they prefer to eat like British kind of English food? I cannot cook more than two days at home Indian food. That is it. <laughs> that is it. You cannot have mummy. Three days is a limit. Um, and also they can cook so well. If I cook something and they don't like it, they'll cook. Sometimes I just want on Sundays cheese and toast. Yeah. Please just give me cheese and toast and cup of chai. This is every chef's That's kind of like... Uh, I live on it. cheese and toast. This is... Um, but not cheese and toast. What would you... From this book or from your more Indian culture, what would be your comfort food? What would be what you would make? I think you've made the khichri today, yeah. which is the rice and lentils. I have to show you guys a um, So it's a, it's a dish which is cooked with spices, onions, ginger, garlic. And it's the simple, simple dish, but yeah, very comforting. But you were also saying that it's kind of, it was the origins of, of kedri, of eating. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. And also, plus, this is a dish which people rich and poor can eat it, you know. So I think that's what I kind of find comfort or something mum would make it for us when I was, you know, had a f- fallout with my friend or or anybody. So there was like a very comforting food. So I think that is, and, and the smoky aubergine. Yeah, which I didn't do the aubergine because we yeah. cook a lot of aubergines. Yeah. But when I was going through the recipes and I was thinking, oh, what are we going to cook for today? I couldn't decide because it was too many. Apart from that, I said, we always make aubergines, so I'm not making aubergines, <laughs> even though there's also a recipe in here that looks so amazing that I'm going to do of aubergines with dill and coconut, which sounds absolutely amazing. But everyone chose the kichidi as a... As yeah. something that I should cook. So you're definitely eating that. Um, 
we made a cabbage uh, kind of thing, which you said we could also leave to ferment. You can leave to ferment. So yeah. it's like a ga- band gobi sabji, which is like, um, band gobi is like the what is called the um, cabbage, yeah. the hard cabbage, the white hard cabbage. So if you have extra, you can ferment it. So we do a lot of pickling, chutneys and fermenting. So our chutneys in India is not the chutneys like you get put in a jar and stuff. We make fresh all the time, fresh chutneys. So you can do anything with that. And it's quite spicy. It's yes. got a bit of a kick to it. Um, and then we made potatoes and poppy seed, which is amazing because I've only used poppy seeds really in kind of baking. Baking, yeah. Yeah. And you have quite an interesting trick there of like soaking them and then making a mixing. Yeah. So potatoes and poppy seeds, it's very nice food. And all vegan. So you don't eat only vegan food though in yourself. Yeah. You no. do eat. Uh... I do eat meat, but I'm, if you give me vegetables or, or fish, I would rather have that than meat. I'm not a big meat eater. It's, but with being a chef, you have to taste everything. Yeah. I prefer vegetables any day because that's how I grew up eating yeah. more. What would you advise someone looking to kind of get into the industry now? What do you think is important for... I think find a mentor, which is very important. I was very lucky. I don't know if you ever watched Gary Rhodes' India. So there was a Sikh chef called Manjeet Gill, surname similar to me. He calls me his daughter, adopted daughter. I wrote to him after after seeing that program and, and he was the only chef who came back and wrote, yes, so I went back to India, learned from him a lot. You know the dal makhani you guys eat in Dishoom and other places? The dal makhani in ITC is the best. No one can compete them. I make a good dal makhani because I learned from the best. So I think you need to find a mentor. It's very important to find a mentor. If you don't have a mentor, it's really easy to go very different ways. If I go to universities or colleges and ask, would you like to be a chef? And I ask them a question, would you like to be a TV chef or a chef that cooks? Most of the hands will be TV chefs, you know? So I, I, I just find that if you're a chef, you have to really cook as well at the same time. TV is great, but, you know, we, we, I sometimes for five years, I didn't see my daughters because I was working 16 hours. I had to because I had to put that, in, you know, in, in the restaurant. But I think you need to find a mentor. That's very important. Guys, you should have a look at this book. Have a look later while you're eating, while you're hungry. Uh, and join me in saying thank you so much to Rami Gill for joining us today. Thank you. That interview was part of our series, Who Run the World? Celebrating Women in Food. Thanks to our guest, Romy Gill. Thank you also to all the incredible women of Honey & Co., especially Louisa Cornford, she helps us with everything podcast, and to Miranda Hinckley, the producer. Drop us an email with your thoughts, feedbacks, questions. You can email us at podcasts at honeyandco.co.uk or you can find us on social media at Honey & Co. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get the rest of the series. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.